Radio, John Curley, Sherry Ellicker Show, with Jack Palance doing push-ups in the studio. Diving into the day! That was my fault. I asked Dan. I, not to, I was in midair. <laughs> That's right. You were floating. How long did I stay in midair for? <laughs> I didn't even hit the board yet. Pull By a the hammy. way, yes. Bonnie Franklin is dead, so she could... Whoa, I mean, whoa, 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 the, whoa, whoa. Just like that, Sherry? The people <laughs> well, listening no, to you people break the, the news like that? Line, people on the text line were saying she's dead, so she could qualify as a co-star. Just saying. Give up your life in order to co-star on the show. Yeah, it just happened. No, she died in like 2013. Or it's something. still too early. It's too early. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this kind of news you tune to. The next two hours, we'll talk about celebrities that passed away eight years ago. But in the meantime, uh, well, we got, uh, let's see. Trump's running. We got uh, Nikki Haley, although she's not in her prime. She's gonna. She's running, right? And yeah. now we get somebody else in this. We've got to get this guy's last name. Hold on. Big announcement last night. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. Or say his name, Sherry. I think it's Vivek or Vivek. Yeah. Ramaswamy. Got it. Ramaswamy, maybe. Uh, all right. Faith, patriotism, and hard work have disappeared, only to be replaced by new secular religions like COVIDism, climateism, and gender ideology. We hunger to be part of something bigger than ourselves, yet we cannot even answer the question of what it means to be an American. Today, the woke left preys on that vacuum. They tell you that your race, your gender, and your sexual orientation govern who you are, what you can achieve, and what you're allowed to think. This is psychological slavery, and that has created a new culture of fear in our country that has completely replaced our culture of free speech in America. And that is why today I am announcing my run for President of the United States. This isn't just a political campaign. This is a cultural movement to create a new American dream for the next generation. Okay. He goes on for another two minutes and 33 seconds. He has a piece in the Wall Street Journal today. The 37-year-old, very wealthy individual who probably knows how to do math, he has um, his sort of take is we need to define what it is to be an American and be proud of what America is and let's restore the values that made this country so great. So he's basically running against wokeism. Uh, And now the Trump last poll that I saw, 42% of uh, independents or people that lean Republican said they would like to see Trump run or win. That's up from 36 and Biden has also increased with the people that are supporting Biden, something in the 40s, but still a lot of other Democrats are saying we'd like to find somebody else. But if he does get nominated, they will support him. You need about $7 billion, 6 to $7 billion to win. The question is, since it is a money game, will this work? He's selling, this guy is selling, I'm running against the left. What do you think? He says that he is um, launching his long shot bid by decrying what he calls a national identity crisis Mm -hmm. and that he wants to do things like 
replace um, or, or I guess do away with uh, protections for federal uh, civil service protections for federal workers and affirmative action and illegal race based preferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have obsessed so much over our diversity and our difference that we forgot all the ways we're really just the same as Americans. Um, it's going to be a tough sell because a lot of people will, will perceive him as being racist. A lot of people will perceive him as, as being anti-equity, all of the things that are certainly yeah. a part of the national lexicon right now. So I, I don't know if he's um, – I mean – what he says makes sense. A lot of what he says makes sense, but he's got a lot of things going against him. He's 37 years old. He's never run for political office before. He's never held an office before. He hasn't been a senator or a governor, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but people will point to the experiment with Trump and say, look at what you got when you hired someone that really wasn't a part of the system and how things kind of fell apart. Totally different type of personality, totally different, uh, 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 you know, background. But I would say it would be a real long shot for this guy. Plus, the problem is, is that when you want to be able to get people to vote for you, you want to give them a vision of the future being brighter. If you're, if you're if surrounded by... That is the dream that reunited us after the Civil War. That is the dream that won us two world wars and the Cold War. That is the dream that still gives hope to the free world today. And if we can revive that dream over fractious group identity, then nobody in the world, not a nation, not a corporation, not a virus is going to defeat us. That is what American exceptionalism is all about. Okay. People... So Carter comes up with that speech, which was then known as the Malays speech, although he when he was sitting behind the desk there and he gave it, it wasn't supposed to be the Malays speech, but he was addressing sort of this feeling that was in America. But it wasn't written well enough for people to grasp what the president at that time, Jimmy Carter, was trying to say. It is now in history as, listen, well, maybe we can't be as great as we thought we could be. Maybe we should all adjust to it, turn down our thermostats, put on our cardigan sweaters, and basically just, you know, hunker down for the next, I don't know, 50 years or 100 years of just not being number one anymore. So along comes Ronald Reagan, which is there's mourning in America, and it was something brighter, and the better days are ahead, and let's look towards the greatness and strive for something positive. When you're running as the negative, I'll stop this, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to destroy that, you're not giving the American people this vision of something better. You're saying there are these horrible forces on the left, and let's destroy all of those so that we can then better define who we are. That's a tough sell. People want to know, how will my life be better? Because the biggest hit that Ronald Reagan was able to whack um, in the debate you just have to ask yourself, is your is your life better now than it was, you know, four years ago? You, you always want to be selling on the positive rather than f- fighting some force out there beyond. So he will join a, a, a crowded field and whether he can get the money together or at least get the traction, it, most likely not. Very few people that have ever run just coming out of nowhere, they often don't do so well. Yeah, and and he doesn't really. Have, I mean, it's too early. He's just announced. I realize, but what's the what's the game plan? I mean, the the 
the wokeism in America is problematic for a lot of people. But there are bigger problems than that in this country, right. bigger problems that, that we have to face with foreign policy and with all kinds of other domestic issues that that's a little thin. It's, it's a way to get attention. It's a way to get people to, to notice you and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. That is kind of bad. But it, it, you know, he's going to have to. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's going to have to do a little bit more. It's going to be great for your ego, though. Remember when Howard Schultz was thinking of running? You realize you get to a certain place, you get a lot of money, you get a lot of fame, you get a lot of whatever. And then you're like, well, what can I do next? What can I do next? Next thing you know, you're, you're hiring a staff and you're traveling around, and you're giving speeches and you're getting on television. And it becomes addictive. And you're like, well, where am I going next? And who am I going to be talking to next? And this could be great, right? Who is that guy? He's, um, Michael Avalotti or whatever his name was. The guy ended up going to prison. And CNN was like, you should be president. You're great. Michael Avalotti, you're, oh, you're amazing. You should be president. He's like, well, I don't know about that. I mean, well, thank you, but ugh. yeah. May I'll run for president right after I get out of prison. So they love the attention. And if you get to a place in your life, what's the next big thing? Hey, why not be president? And all your friends tell you, you could be president. So this guy. You owns- have to be a, a, a fairly huge egomaniac <laughs> to run in the first place. And right. that's what it starts way back with the first person that says, you know what? You'd be a good president. You'd be, you should run for office. Right. And anybody that thinks, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I could be, I could be leader of the free world. Sure. I can. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as running a company. It's not. No. It's, I, I mean, there's, it's, it's a, it's a much bigger job than that. And he's enormously successful and yes. very, very wealthy. Yes. So I expect that he will, you know, make some inroads, but I don't think it'll be long term no plus if the woke stuff dies by the time he rolls around it's like well we took care of that problem we don't need you to get in there and fight it so seattle has now become the first u.s city to ban the caste discrimination so this is uh, uh denise whitaker from como explaining the number of people who want caste to be protected against discrimination in seattle outnumbered those against it under debate at city hall this will be a systemic legal way to uh, you know, stop this from growing in Seattle. Caste in South Asian, Indian, and Hindu societies is a form of societal status, often characterized by heredity, occupation, but not talent or merit. How are we to know what caste you belong to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good question. So, caste doesn't have visible markers, very much like, you know, sometimes gender or uh, sexuality. My last job was general manager at the Seraton Hotel in Bellevue. Nobody had asked me any question about my caste. Both sides admit caste cannot be seen, but those who want it listed as a protected category from discrimination tell me it is happening in the workplace here to immigrants who come to America from caste societies. Has there been instances reported to the civil rights um, office here in the city of Seattle? Well, it's, that's a chicken and egg question because how could they report it because caste is not recognized? Mm-hmm. This is a real story. It is a real thing that happens, especially in the tech world. Uh, having a couple of friends of mine that'll say, you know, they figure out by finding where you lived, where you were from, your last name, parents' name. They can ask a couple of questions to sort of figure out where are you in the caste system. There's a hierarchy, right? You're you're down below, and you can yeah. and you can never move up out of it. That's the other thing. That's what makes the United States so great. You come in, poor immigrant, you got nothing, six nickels in your pocket, and you don't speak even a word of English. And twenty years later, you're you know multimillionaire. Most of the people you find out on the Forbes four hundred Forbes uh, four hundred list, many of them are immigrants to this country. That's why it makes a country America so great. 
you're not carrying around whatever it is that you you have inherited from your your cast, your lot in life. In t- in the tech world, one person will just naturally treat you either as an inferior or a superior based upon your cast. That's true. And and apparently, so some of these people that are against this believe that this could be uh, against the Hindu religion because I guess uh, the, oftentimes the, the Hindu religion has certain philosophies or certain enforcement, if you will, of the caste system. Mm-hmm. And so they think this is going to be a, a deterrent for people to hire uh, people that practice the Hindu religion because they feel as though, you know, maybe they would be subjecting other people to the caste system. Yeah. Um, there's five, I guess there's five different, um, uh, different levels of, of the caste system. Yeah. And the, the, the lowest one is the untouchables and they were not allowed to drink the same water, all of that. So I, I suppose if somebody you're working with had, you know, it, adhered to the system, and they knew you were in that 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 category, that social uh, place. They could, you know, hold it against you. Right. So when Hinduism, which is the religion, from from what I was able to gather from this, you know, they use the caste system sometimes to restrict those to come into the temple. So these structures are in place. They're culturally, socially built into the relationships that people have with their neighbor through the caste system and in the tech world it still exists in other worlds it still exists so now seattle becomes the first city uh to stop this from occurring and i it's it's kind of hard to get your head around because you're thinking okay so how does the how does the how do hinduism use the caste system or how are they part of it and why is it the structure of their religion um but Seattle has moved forward that only of the city councils that voted only one um, one council member voted against right Sarah Nelson Nelson yeah she, she, she said there wasn't the enough data vote. on it and she thought that it was sort of uh, poorly constructed so Seattle the first yeah hmm well Seattle is 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 being congratulated uh, across the country for being the first city that recognizes this. Uh some companies have already done that some tech companies have already uh you know implemented some some kind of anti-discrimination mm-hmm. uh policies into their you know human uh resources but this is the first city California I guess started something like this but they didn't they don't have it uh like Seattle does so yeah, They're the first. Yes, there you go. Seattle always on the uh, cutting uh, cutting edge of everything. We got to get to the part. Uh, Want to save this story, Sherry? Move this one forward. If you live on a golf course, can you expect people to hit your house with golf balls? Um, and these people, <laughs> the, we don't have time for it yet. Don't wait. Don't play it yet. But this guy's house, he's gotten whacked so many times. How much money did they get? And it's in Massachusetts. I think he took it to court. What did he get? Three million dollars or something like that. Three million dollars, but then it got overturned, yeah. and so they've got a new trial now, and it may not. He may not get anything because <laughs> it's like you live on a golf course, dude. What What do you want? Don't buy a house on a golf course. Like, but, what's the expectation here? There, there's Sun Country, which is over in Cleola. I'm a lovely little course. There are a bunch of houses on that that course, and it's like, uh, 
I'd hit a five iron, but I just don't want to hit that house. But I don't want to come up short. But I know if I go a little right, I'm going to whack right into that house. I was talking to this one guy I'm playing with, and he goes, you know what? Dude, they bought a house on the golf course. Go for it. And sure enough, hit the five iron, sails up, slices off to the right, whammo, right into the side of their house. And just, oh, I feel bad for them. Well, I mean, they say there are some people that do it on purpose, too. They're kind of, you know, they've had a couple of drinks, whatever. They're like, hey, you want to try to hit that brick house over there? Sure. What did it hit? I just, I heard it bounce off something. Oh, that was Nate. That was in the, uh, oh, in that, the traffic yeah, center oh, there. Nate's back there hitting golf balls. That's what yeah. it is. All right. I sent a lot of text messages and emails and well, even text messages, Jacob and Sherry. And I guess I should probably put a smiley emoji or a whoop side face weirdo emoji or something next to one of them. Because this was just a joke. It was a joke to Sherry and to Jacob. How to change your personality. I kept wanting just, it was a joke. It wasn't like, hey, let's do it as a story. And then Jacob's like, uh, we have to get to that story. But I said, ah, it's about... It was a joke. I didn't. I don't want Sherry to change her personality, but well, here we are. You and Sherry, you can back me up on this, right? He sent this type of story more than once. It felt like you were being That's insistent. That's what makes it even funnier. Okay, good. Sherry, I hope you didn't change your personality because of me. I didn't change my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we know: that personality is about fifty-fifty, innate. Right. And then some of it is from life experiences and how you describe personality. It has these five characteristics, openness, conscientiousness, uh, extroversion, extroversion, mm-hmm. like virgin olive oil, uh, agreeableness virgin, and neurotic. Virgin, not virgin, virgin, like a version of it. Your dog agrees. Yes. Uh, agreeableness <laughs> and neuroticism are all the characteristics of your personality. And there's new science, because you used to think that it was sort of locked in, couldn't think about it. But you can actually change your personality. You can adjust it and make yourself a more agreeable or more open, more all the characteristics I just barely was able to pronounce. Yes, all everybody has all five of those characteristics. It's just different degrees of them. So you might be more open. I might be more extroverted. I mean, everybody has a little bit of that in them. So let's say you wanted to decide, okay, I feel like I'm a little too shy uh-huh. and I'm, I'm a little too um, unwilling to, to share, you know, something about myself. Well, what won't change is if you were shy as a kid, let's say you were the really shy kid in mm-hmm. the classroom. You may be able to overcome some of that, but you're still going to be quiet at parties. Some things are just not going to be that you're not going to be able to change that that much of it. Yes, uh, without going through some huge overhaul. But they overhaul. But they did uh, eighteen hundred um, or eighteen thousand Americans. They followed them for fifty years, ages sixteen to sixty six, and they said that basically. Your personality changes quite a few times over your lifetime, but some of those basic qualities remain intact, like being shy, you know, and, and not being able to necessarily be the life of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but they give you, and it's a list, so I don't know if you want to do it, mm. what you need to do. Uh, let me ask you this before you do that. Are you happy with who you are, or would you like to change parts of it, of those five characteristics that we mentioned? Yes, there are things I would like to change. Okay. 
Go ahead. <laughs> well, that would be the neuroticism. So I tend to be neurotic. Hot take from Sherry. <laughs> Go ahead, neurotic. Sure, okay. your own line five. So Go. I do. I do get. I get a little neurotic about the dogs. I get a little neurotic about. Um, I'm a little neurotic about cleanliness. Hot um, take, Sherry's so, crazy about cleanliness. So I don't know if these are necessarily parts of my personality. Like I don't talk about it that much. But uh, yeah, I'd like to not be uptight about certain things. How about you? Back to you. <laughs> There's nothing you change about yourself. Nothing. <laughs> Would you like some help with that? <laughs> <laughs> let me take them. Let me, let me look at the. Let me look at them again to see what they are. Uh, openness. I'm pretty good about that. Conscientious. Yeah. Okay. Agreeable. <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? Is agreeableness? Agreeableness. Extroversion. You're very extroverted. You uh, yeah, I, I think I'd like that. to be more agreeable and okay. not be so fast. Of, yeah. Okay. Back okay. to you. How about this weird thing you have about cleanliness, huh? Hot take from Sherry. <laughs> so no. what you do to yeah. get your agreeableness quotient oh, up, All right, here we go. you, you got to be honest about your weakness. So I'm honest. Yes, I can be really neurotic about certain things, and I, I don't like that about myself. You would like to be more agreeable yeah, what do I need to, to certain do? things. Yeah. Okay, start small and be specific. So I could say, let's start small. Okay, so the if the um, Trevor takes the dogs to the park, I don't need to call him every 20 minutes Oof. to make sure everybody's okay. <laughs> Is everybody okay? I don't need to do that. I so think, that would be I one think thing. Trevor would like to do more than change personality. Maybe change <laughs> wives. Yes. Well, that goes with being a husband, doesn't it? <laughs> Isn't that universal most of the time? Okay. So, well, that's you changing that. How do I become more agreeable? Does it say? Yeah, so you would be more, no, this is, these are the steps you take. So you start small and be specific. So what is a situation where you weren't terribly agreeable and you kind of think about it and you go, yeah, I could have been a little more flexible on that. What, what do you, can you think of anything? Like a recent interaction where I wasn't agreeable? Any interaction, any time. It doesn't have to be recently. Um, I, I, I'm aware of the fact that I still, I told a story the other day to some people and I could tell of the five that were there, three weren't really rolling with me and there was some serious judging going on. And my friend Tom heard me Uh huh. and I realized that so much of this is, goes back to when you were a kid. So I really got, you know, pretty bullied because my, my poor reading and my bad, just hard being a terrible student and stuff. And there's a lot of mocking and teasing, right? So that's, so then I, like, here it is real quick. I'm on a boat in the Grenada Islands. I told the story to Tom and his, his family. So I'm on the boat and we have to, every day we have to take a test at 11 o'clock in order to get this license to bear boat, to be able to sail a 42 foot sailboat. So I was doing well, was passing all the tests. And then the last one was this big math one. And it was like, you have a hundred gallons of fuel, but you're blowing it at seven miles an hour knots and you need to go 400 miles in the sail. And the, 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 and, and it's a math thing. It's basically a math, math thing. I'm on there with these three other guys. They're all these tech engineer guys. I don't know any of them. They don't know each other. So I fill the first two in and, and I leave the last eight blank. I hand it to the instructor and he goes, you've left eight of them blank. And I said, yeah, I know. I'm not good with math. And the one guy goes, it's not that hard. So you, so 
Fuel represents R, so, or F. F, Is I on this boat? It sounds like I'm on this boat. F to the second, means your brother. F to the second power, and then multiply that by A, A squared. And I go, uh, excuse me, excuse me. You know what? I I don't need to know this. Oh, well, you do need to know, because, like, if you're going to sail, you probably would need, if you're going to pass it. So then the three of them, plus the instructor, is just, like, working on me, right? Working on me. Well, you're really going to need to learn this. It's important to learn this. And all of a sudden, sure, I was... I was jettisoned back to when I was in the second grade or whatever. And the smart kids are making fun of me. And you know what I said? What'd you say? I leaned forward, and this is a total D-bag move. I said, I don't have to know this. All right? I don't. Well, you really do. You're going to have to. So it's A over the square. I said, I don't. And here's why. I am so rich. I have so much money. I'll hire you or you or you to do the math for me. And then after I'm finished with the math, I'll drop you off somewhere. But I don't need to know it because I'm rich. Rich. (laughs) That was a little. (laughs) That's a bit much. I don't think that goes into agreeableness, though. (laughs) It's a a different category for that kind of behavior. It's not agreeableness. I know it sounds bad. Yeah. Oh, well, you got two traffic. Okay. But I'll tell you on the backside why why that happened. Okay. I, 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 this is part of the process. You have to be honest. Start small. Be specific. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. I admitted okay. it was bad. All right, right. Shush, Nate. Stop judging me in there. on uh, Sherry's personality because apparently some new research out there says that it is possible to change your personality. It's not set in place. It's innate and then part of it is by environment and then it's about a 50-50 split and there's the five characteristics of your personality and little by little you make little steps in order to improve your personality and just Sherry's got problems with cleanliness in her dogs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you asked me which one I wanted to work on openness or, or agreeableness was the one. So then I, right. I, with the little amount of time I had, I launched into the story of the time I was learning how to sail I was in the Grenada Islands. I paid all this money to see if I wanted to buy a sailboat. Would I like sailing? I spent a ton of money to realize I don't really like sailing that much. But while on the boat, I was taking a test. We everybody had to take a test. There were these four really smart guys. They didn't know one another. They were all engineers, so they were really, really good at math. And they're just blowing through this test. And they just finished it like five seconds and or fifteen seconds or something. And I'm trying to figure it out. It's like, oh, you've got eight gallons of gas, and you have a four knot wind, and you have to travel 150 miles. And what do you, you know, percentages in this? I was just, I, and I'm drawing pictures of little boats and gas tanks and trying to figure it out. I've got a little drawing going on. I can't figure it out. So I, when the one guy started to kind of make fun of me for not knowing how to do, it's very simple math. All you simply have to do is just put R over 4 and multiply that by A squared, and then we'll give you, I'm like, gah, 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 gah. I think I made that noise. I filled out the first two. I left the other eight blank. And when they're like, you left them blank. And I said, yeah, because I don't know it, okay? Well, how do you not know it? I mean, didn't you take algebra? The one guy was saying, I've changed the voice. It didn't sound so much like you, Jacob. <laughs> And that's when I it, it took me back. I had like a PTSD experience where all of a sudden I was back in second grade where the smart kids are laughing at me because I was so bad in school. And I could I mean, I was I felt I was having like this experience where I was a, a little kid again where people the smart kids are making fun. 
But all of a sudden, I realize I'm not a little kid anymore, and I've got something that these other people don't have, and I'm no longer, you know, the 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 what the. the the one that didn't have anything, didn't have the math questions, didn't have the answers, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So that's when I unloaded on these four guys and said, you know what? I don't need to know the math. I'm like, well, you really do. If you want to be able to get across the ocean, eight miles an hour, that's eight over four. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't need to because I'm so rich. I'm rich, you see? I'm rich. And I just hire people like you when you I don't need you. I mean, I'm like a monster I turned into. <laughs> Well, you were triggered by those past experiences. And, and it, you know, and it, yes, Sherry, exactly. And you know who was no help? Nick, sitting right next to me, did nothing to support me. Well, I find that hard to believe. Nick? Because she is very supportive of you. And I'm sure she didn't know what to say. She saw you explode. What do you want her to do? Get in the middle of it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Am I on the air right now? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Oh, gosh, Sherry. Hi, I, Nick. How I, are you? <laughs> I just nope. got to say I was not supportive whatsoever. Oh. What was your version I, of this? Are, oh, that's it. There are a few times. Few that times is the, that's what I happened. Turned, turned and walked away in disgust and curled up in fetal position in our birth with the door closed. So embarrassed because he sounded like such a douchebag. Hey, 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 Nick. So you can't let us say that word. Oh, I was I wasn't aware that was on the naughty word list. I apologize for that. Anyway, it was mortifying, and I understand why he said that. But I'm having PTSD right now because what made it worse is that then there was still one more week of the trip. Oh, no. <laughs> we were sequestered on a 20-foot boat in the middle of the ocean, 40 staring feet. at these four it, people uh, for the rest of the trip, and uh, they hated us. They hated, well, yeah, they hated me, and then they had enough hate left over for you. I, I, uh, it was awful. Uh, did anybody did anybody say, hey, you guys, we all got to be in this little space no. together. Let's clear the air here. No. I know you got you know upset about that. We didn't mean it. And then you'd say, or did you think, or did you encourage him, Nicole, to go up and say, look, you guys, I, I kind of stepped over a line here. I, you know, I just, I just don't like math. I don't want to do it. So that's why I overreacted. Did you do that? I did not. He no. did not. We did not do anything. Okay. I just okay. felt like if we had acknowledged that he was that big of a jerk, it just would have made it even worse. I, 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 I will say this. It, this is what's made me, that experience has made me far more empathetic to people that have experienced stuff happening to them when they're a little kid. You still carry it with you, right? But that's everybody. I know. Everybody has something. Right. I didn't realize I was ca- I was carrying around all this emotional baggage. They only limited you to one bag, but I apparently had another bag of emotional baggage <laughs> that I had stored under the berth. Yeah. Well, don't you remember, you had two bags because they lost my luggage on the airplane, and I was sharing your clothing. So right. we were both... We were both using those two very large bags. Nick Nick bought a bikini and combed her hair with a fork for two weeks and then wore my shorts. And they put us in this berth where, for some reason, I don't know why, but the bilge was uh, had all the all the poopy water under our bed <laughs> for two weeks. Oh, oh, I wonder why a week into it. 
our berth smelled like sewage. And they said that they were having a, quote, technical problem with the plumbing on the boat. Yeah. Which I highly doubt. I think that was your payback for being such a jerk. I- did anybody suggest with all your money that you, that you could use your credit card or something with all that because you're so rich that you could have solved the problem with just a phone call or a credit card or something? Anybody mention that right. since you brought it up? I, I may have jumped overboard at oh, that moment. It was awful. I not been in the middle of the ocean just to get away from that. So oh. <laughs> yeah. See, the answer to the question you had, Sherry, didn't she support me? The answer is no. Well, I you did didn't support her by by acting out like that. Then she had to deal with it. The I have the emotional fallout. damage. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Go. Thank oh, you, Nicole. Sherry, lovely hearing your voice. Lovely. Lovely hearing, hearing you. yours. Right. Thanks Nicole. for cursing Always. on the air. Love, love. Bye, Nick. Love, love. Love, ring, love. Ring, ring. love, love. Love, love.